So a few three decades ago, Howard Stern declared himself the king of all media. Well, I think the crown has been passed. I think there's a new queen in town, a monarch of all media. Madhuri Shekhar is a storyteller and I think sort of killing it in every a playwright, audio dramas, and now a movie opening on Amazon Prime. Madhuri, you don't, you don't have a you don't have a novel or anything coming out, do you? Memoir? No. Oh. Oh, <laughs> what, well. would a, what would a memoir be? Just a printout of my tweets? I don't know. <laughs> what would that be? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 721, Madhuri Shaker, Storyteller. Madri Shaker is a playwright, audio dramatist, and now screenwriter in whose origin story, as you'll hear, the Reduced Shakespeare Company makes a very tiny reduced appearance. Madri is an alum of Juilliard's playwriting program and has an MFA from USC in dramatic writing and a dual master's degree in global media and communications from USC and the London School of Economics. Earlier this year, Madri was awarded the 2020 Lanford Wilson Playwriting Award and her audio drama, Evil I won the 2020 Audi Award for Best Original Work, and now Evil Eye has been turned into a movie that opens on Amazon Prime next week on October 13th, 2020. Marjorie began our conversation by telling me how she first started writing stories as a child. Well, always loved writing. I um, we moved we moved around a lot um, when I was little, so. Uh, I was born in the Bay Area, but then we moved to Singapore and then we moved to India. And I mostly grew up in Chennai, where my parents are from. Um, and, you know, when I was like really little in the Bay Area, my dad would do um, Tamil plays with his friends. And so I think like that's actually where I got the theater bugs, just watching them rehearse. Um, because, uh, you know, it, it, growing up, I just really wanted to do theater and I didn't know <laughs> why. It just was a strong feeling. Um, and uh, so this is actually a good point. I don't know. We didn't. I don't know. We didn't talk about this uh, on our emails beforehand. But were you in the Reduced Shakespeare tour of India in the nineties? <laughs> no, in the early two thousands, right? When I was, I was like 15, fifteen, sixteen when I saw Reduced Shakespeare in Chennai. Wow. Yeah. I, no, sadly, I was not. Those were my, our English. That was our English company. Oh, nice. Our English guys. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, there was been, there's been one or two moments in the last, whatever, 20 years, 20, 30 years, when there's been a, a just a tease of us going to India. <laughs> and it's never happened before, unfortunately. Not for it me, anyway. Such a great show. Um, and I think that was the first English play that I ever saw. Um, and it was so much fun. And I remember I went and I brought my little brother with me and it was, <laughs> it was just bonkers. And he had so much fun. Um, and yeah, and then I, um, I started college in India and I went to an all girls college and, um, immediately like threw myself into the dramatics club and we wound up acting and directing and producing and writing. Like we did everything right. Like you do in college. And, uh, um, uh, that's when I kind of figured out that I liked writing more than the other stuff. Um, and, uh, and you know, there aren't, there, there aren't that many plays for like an ensemble of Indian women to do. So we, we did write our own stuff. Um, 
Yeah. So, and it, and uh, it, it, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of like how things happened. Um, I also used to write a lot of Harry Potter fan fiction when I was a kid and I made a lot of great friends that way. And I think I learned about storytelling and story structure from that community of like readers and writers. And then like kind of, it, it took a couple of detours for me to fully commit to playwriting as a career. You know, I had to like dip my toes in other things and realize I hated them and <laughs> then be like, what do you actually want to do? Even though it sounds really unwise and extremely risky. Well, okay, just do it. You know, you're young enough to make stupid mistakes. And that's kind of how I talked myself into um, applying for an MFA at USC um, in Los Angeles. And uh, uh, yeah, and I did, uh, I did the MFA and it was fantastic and um, made amazing friends in that program and just been kind of working in theater since, which is a wonderful thing to be able to say. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of how it started. First of all, I'm just flattered and honored that the Reduce Shakespeare Company has any sort of blip in the in your origin. I, I still like I remember it so well that there's the line in the in the show like, uh, "Will you swear upon yonder blessed virgin in the third row?" And they pointed at me, and I was like, "I am a blessed virgin." That's so great. How did they know that? <laughs> so it was, it, was, it was pretty formative, actually. Oh, so. I guess technically we've kind of worked together then. Yes. Um, um, and, so, and you you grew up in the Bay Area. I, I grew up in the East Bay as well. Oh, cool, cool, cool. You're, yeah, I'm from San Jose. And it sounds like you come uh, you come upon your theater uh, uh, habit, uh, honestly, if it came from your dad. Does that mean that your parents did not do the thing that all good parents do, <laughs> which is say, please don't go into the theater? No, you know, like, so my... My parents are awesome. My dad loves theater. So I think that helped a lot. Like he just loves it. Um, my mom is a, is a beautiful writer, actually. Um, she didn't, she didn't realize it until she was, until my brother and I left home. Um, so I think they're both very talented. Um, and uh, what happened when I, when I was, so I had applied to the MFA and I'd gotten in. And then when I got in, I was like, oh shit, <laughs> I didn't expect to get in. Uh, now I have to make it. Oh no. Oh no. I didn't expect to get in. Um, and then I actually asked them, can I have a couple of weeks to decide? And I think they were like, what? But they were nice enough to give me a couple of weeks to decide. And I remember that my dad was visiting LA at the time and we were on this very long drive. Um, and, uh, and, uh, he just started grilling me on the drive about like, here's all the stuff you are risking by doing this. He was kind of like, do you know what opportunity cost means? Do you know how much of your earning potential you're going to lose by being in graduate school for three years? How are you going to pay for this? How are you going to sustain a life beyond this? What is your plan for when you graduate? Like, just like the worst questions you could ask somebody who's considering an arts degree. Like he asked me all of them and I had no good answers. I had shit answers for him. And then at the end, at the end of the conversation, he was like, well, do you still want to do this? And I said, yeah. And he's like, okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure you heard all my questions. So, yeah. So, you know, they've been, they've been really supportive. They've been, they've been so great. Um, my younger brother is now a filmmaker. Um, and he, he kind of went through a, a similar kind of like, so he, he went to college for computer science and then he he worked at Microsoft for a few years and he was doing really well there, but he just couldn't, he just couldn't do it. Um, he couldn't, he, that was not the life for him. So he quit and he moved to India and he's been using his savings to start up 
you know, his filmmaking and now he's just an incredibly talented filmmaker and, you know, they've been very supportive of him too. It's very hard to do this. And if you have to do this without like your family, at least somewhat believing in you, um, you know, and my family like have just been very supportive of us. So it's been, it's been good. So we were supposed to meet a year or so ago when you had a show here in Chicago and I was out of town for it. And then you just had a show that was two weeks from its world premiere at the yeah. Victory Gardens Theater in Chicago. How, yeah. how tough was that? It was really sad. Um, it was uh, it was so weird, right? Because um, I actually had three productions shut down um, because March and April was like this incredible like culmination of three different plays going up in different parts of the country. And not only that, but they were being directed by people that I really loved. And I was very excited for the directors and the cast especially. So um, I was also, uh, <laughs> I was also eight weeks postpartum. I was in Chicago with my new baby <laughs> and my family. So we had given up a lot to go to Chicago just on a literal, physical, biological, emotional, <laughs> financial <laughs> standpoint to go and see this play happen. And I really, really uh, was having such a great time. And I think it meant so much to the team. But when everything shut down, everything shut down. Like my social feeds were just full of all of these playwrights and actors who had everything vanish in smoke. Um, and all of these like heartbreaking, like the things that were, I'm a playwright, the plays are written. I will always be able to write plays, but to not be able to perform, or to have a, a beautiful design that you've made for this very specific production that will ne then never see the light of day. That's like heartbreaking beyond anything. So it was extremely sad, but it was also like a time of mass grief, you know, which is what the whole pandemic has been. Like it's, we're all individually extremely um, sad and suffering, but we're also like, it's a collective trauma as well. Um, I don't know if it makes it worse or better that we're all, <laughs> we're all suffering together. You know, I actually don't know what's, what the right answer is for that. Hi, my name is Lauren Gunderson. I'm the playwright for The Book of Will, among other plays. And you are listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? Right now, the only place to see the remote Shakespeare Company is online. We've created a brand new page at our website, reducedshakespeare.com, and a playlist on our YouTube page, where right this second you can watch us perform many of our epic abridgments from the comfort of your own shelter. You can also grab your own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin and beautifully illustrated by Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. Website. And now back to my conversation with playwright and screenwriter Marjorie Shaker, who was explained to me how her film Evil Eye, which opens next week on Amazon Prime, came to be. That was a wonderful whirlwind thing because this, this stuff never happens, um, but it kind of happened for me. So I had written Evil Eye for the Audible platform. They had commissioned playwrights to write uh, essentially radio dramas um uh for their uh for 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 their platform and um my as we were working on it um my manager for tv and film sent the play script around um so 
it was a it was a crazy confluence of everything kind of working out at the exact right timing. So the audio play launched on the Audible platform in May of 2019. And while that was happening, Blumhouse got interested in the movie rights. Amazon got interested in the movie. And then Priyanka Chopra's production company, Purple Pebble Pictures, got interested. Um, and so it was then a matter of making everybody commit <laughs> and be like, okay, we're going to do this. And the reason that the movie got made so incredibly fast is because Blumhouse already had a deal with Amazon to produce eight independent kind of low budget films for their platform. Um, and uh, Evil Eye just slid in and fit with like their mission because they wanted to do films by underrepresented writers and directors, fit with their budget, fit with the timing. And they agreed to let me do the adaptation, which was very important to me. Um, so summer of 2019, I started, um, I started working on the screenplay adaptation. Fall of 2019, they, uh, they found our wonderful directors, um, Rajiv and Ilan Dasani, who are uh, uh, identical twins, a directing duo. I just love that a scary movie is being directed by identical twins. I think it's so perfect. Um, <laughs> And they are, they could not, I just genuinely think they couldn't be more perfect for this project. I think they've done such a wonderful job. Um, and in November, they shot it, <laughs> you know, um, on, uh, on location in New Orleans because they had kind of an assembly line production setup going on because they were going to shoot all the films back to back. So it just kind of worked out. Um, and they, luckily wrapped everything before the shutdowns happened and all, and every all the post production happened remotely um and it's going to come out <laughs> so people that, are going to see it that's amazing yeah. well and and i want to ask you this cuz this is like a, a nuts and bolts thing you know i love the trailer for it because it looks like a rom-com and you go oh oh and there's the girl from glow she's terrific yeah. she's yeah. very charming and then it turns into a wait it's spooky yuki oh her mom's crazy uh oh her mom might be crazy and then, <laughs> well, then it turns then the trailer turns into wait it seems to be really a movie about the mom and now i don't know where i am but i'm dying to see it is that uh, uh, uh did you have any say in that at all is that an accurate depiction of the or an appropriate um interpretation of what of the story that's actually basically what the play should feel like. So I'm, and the movie should feel like. So I'm, I love that. It is. I mean, it, one of the one of the, the audio play was directed by uh, Megan Sandberg Zakian, um, who I adore and who also directed my uh, uh, the world pre premiere of my play House of Joy. And one of the great directing challenges was doing that uh, genre shift where it goes from romantic comedy to intense family drama to psychological horror. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like it's hard it's hard like the tone really shifts um and that's what um the film directors had to do as well so yeah that's what i'm glad that's how the trailer comes across because that's what it should feel like well and i love tonal shifts i mean i think the reduced shakespeare company walks a tonal line all the time of reverent reverent irreverence yeah you yeah. know and it's hard to it's really that's a real taste thing it's hard to define and codify tonal shifts. And I love to, Something Wild is one of my favorite movies ever. Have you ever seen Something Wild? Yeah. Jonathan Demme directed it. It's uh, Jeff Daniels and Mel um, yeah, Melanie Griffith. Um, and it's it's a rom-com until it's really not. Oh, cool. And um, 
so I think you know it's just amazing. Do you have a fe- do you have a feeling now? Do you have a sense of ooh, I want to write more screenplays or or audio dramas or 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 play plays or is it all one to you? Kind of is all one to me. Um, I I am not working on a stage play at the moment, partially because whenever I write something, I kind of want to I want a visual. I when every time I write something, I visualize the audience in my head. So, um, and with plays, every time I've written a play, I actually have like a venue, a venue in my head for the play. And I want to feel the audience as I write it. I can't do that right now. It's very painful. So I'm not, I'm not writing a stage play. Um, but it, at the end of the day, it's just, uh, what is, yeah, well, it's it depends on the characters and it depends on the story. And luckily, there are so many different mediums available to us right now. And um, at the moment, I'm just kind of going with like where the work is. So that's kind of how I'm choosing to work at the moment. I also think it's a good time for us to slow down. <laughs> I've had two Zoom theater experiences so far, both of which have been extremely positive. One is my play in Love and Warcraft was done by American Conservatory Theater and Perseverance Theater in Alaska, they did a co-production, which again, you can't really do in non-virtual spaces, directed by Peter Kuo, starring the MFA students from ACT. And it is a full virtual production. It's not a reading, it's a virtual theater production live using Zoom. And it was fantastic. And the play is about a girl who lives her life online and who is far more comfortable online than she is offline. So the, you know, the content fit the format this time around. So that was just incredible. And did you and write that? Did, did you write that script specifically no. for this? Oh, really? No. Okay. That was gen- That was like all the genius of the director and his design team. Wow. Like just and the actors, unbelievable. Like because they were acting to empty space. Mm-hmm. You know, they're making eye contact across Zoom windows somehow, and they're act- but they're actually acting to empty space in their own apartments, and it was unbelievable. And they're and they're setting up their own shots. They're doing their own costume changes. You know, it was amazing. Um, and then, um, and then I did a 24-hour play festival last week, uh, last weekend, which was in September, whenever this uh, podcast comes out, with Theater Moo, um, and that was just tremendously fun because you know it, it was fast and fun and easy, and I got to write for wonderful actors who are like in different parts of the country, and I think like 3,000 people, 2,500 to 3,000 people saw the recording according to Facebook. So imagine getting. 2,500 people into a black box for a 24-hour play festival in real life. Like, that wouldn't happen. Um, also, I get to do all this with a baby, and I don't have to think about childcare. So uh, I would like to do more of this, not abandon this completely. This goes to show that, you know, there are a lot more possibilities for us than we have allowed ourselves to imagine before. Listen, if... Um... If the Reduce Shakespeare Company could have the kind of impact uh, on everybody that it's had on you, I will consider this a, a job well done. I mean, I just like, I do think that is the, that is the actual power of theater. Like there, I had so little access to theater growing up in India. There just wasn't that much of it. There was, um, but especially English language theater, which was what I was interested in. There wasn't too much of it. So I think that genuinely transform. There have been many like seminal moments like that in my life where I saw a performer do something that just completely like turned me inside out. Um, an amazing performer in Los Angeles called Dilo. Um, he came to my 
Catholic Women's College. He's a he's a trans Sri Lankan performer, and he came and he did this incredible um, one person show about his mother, and uh, um, I blew my mind, blew my mind. I I'd never seen an artist like Dilo before. And I'd never seen somebody transform into their mother like that before. And I really think Evil Eye, like that was a origin point for what happened with Evil Eye. Like I wanted to write about my mother. <laughs> and uh, I don't think, like, I feel like, I feel like we as artists actually have no idea what we're doing when we just go out there and we put out our stuff. We have no idea like what lives we might be changing forever. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's really cool to think about that. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Send us your RSC-influenced origin story via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can also find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSC Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener, and you can follow Madurie Shaker on Twitter at Mad Plays. Thanks, as always, to Mother from Hell Matthew Croak, Web services by Ginger Power Limited and music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Angela Dale. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to another award-winning playwright, Lauren Gunderson. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. Please stay safe, stay home, and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 721-2063rds of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Stern has never had a baby. So I think that absolutely makes you the monarch of all media. He might have he might have kids, but he probably didn't physically uh, push them out of their bodies. Exactly. <laughs> this podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to reduceshakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. So much less. So much less. So much less.